0: Hello and welcome Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to real news Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host Tory. Today is February 28th, 2019, and uh, there's a lot going on. Obviously in the news is there, not really. We had a flat, you know, attempt to cast a shadow on what our president was doing in North Korea. We had a victory with our president walking out because the deal wasn't perfect, and we'll get into that in the second hour. Because in this first hour, we have the man behind the amazing memes. And, you know, we'll discuss what memes are. You'll get to know uh, the man behind the memes that is changing the way people communicate ideas and situations and our uh, political climate um, with some humor and facts, of course. Um, so with no further ado, Carpe Dunktum is with us here. Welcome to the Tory Says Show, Carpe.
2: Hello. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Well, I'm doing pretty good. We we may we may have some some problems with a crying baby, but I think we'll be all right.
0: Oh, it's it's always a pleasure to hear crying babies and you know that might be a trigger for democrats because apparently infanticide is something that should not be illegal in our country, right?
1: Well,
2: obviously not.
0: Obviously, you know, I I thought that uh, it was, was it what, 2013 that Gosnell went to prison for uh, stabbing uh, live babies from botched abortions and killing them and letting them die? Didn't we just send a man to prison and calling him a monster, but now we want to make it okay?
2: Well, you know, we've, uh, we've come a long way in the last two decades here, you know, uh, yeah, the Gosnell thing. And then, uh, you know, there was assisted suicide before that. And there's people talking about that now too, but, um, I mean, I don't see much of a difference between killing a baby and euthanasia. So. Uh.
0: Exactly. I, I agree. I mean, I just saw an article, uh, somewhere where a man for, uh, dragging a shark, uh, out of the water and, you know, helping it die that was attacked is going to jail. Okay, so we're protecting sharks, right? but not live human babies. I mean, this is pure insanity. You can't make this up. Um, So let me ask you a question. So memes, of course, are a way to, um, for people like myself that have a short attention span and many people out there, we all have ADD because we're so overstimulated, but um, memes are a way to convey a message with um, um, more, uh, I would say impact pictures with words or small moving videos or repurposing videos with added um, soundtracks and words uh, to convey a message a lot more effectively. I mean, what? I mean, have you been doing this for a while? Like, how did you decide? You know, what I need to make these memes because my favorite one is the uh, Bugs Bunny one.
2: Right. That was that was one of my first. But uh, you know, memes are they're a visual representation of of uh, culture and all of that kinds of that kind of realm there, you know, and it's, it's an easy way to convey a message. Um, it's really quick. I mean, just a, an image can, you know, the, the old adage that, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, I mean, it's, it's very true. You can, you can pack a lot into just a small little package there and, uh, spread ideas, spread humor, uh, anything you want to spread, you can do it via memes, but, um, I've been doing it, I guess, for, since the middle, well, I guess right towards the end of uh, the election, 2016, is when I kind of started doing images and then I started doing videos in um, the middle of 2017. So it's, we're coming up on two years of doing the video projects.
0: Well, I certainly enjoy them because, uh, even though, uh, they, you know, we're, you're really telling a tale that is nefarious actually, uh, you know, um, that meme with Bugs Bunny and, you know, the head exploding of, you know, um, was, was nefarious really, because it's showing how you know, the, the mainstream media is propaganda. I mean, you're sending these strong messages with humor that, that allows someone to, once they see it, to actually reflect, um, kind of like your state of the union one. That was incredible because when you put it in that perspective, you can actually see just how anti-American, just how, you know, upset they are that Hillary Clinton didn't win you know, and, and the president was making 100% sense, like what American can be against what he was saying.
2: Right, the, the, the visuals of, uh, you know, they were, someone said that, you know, this was a, it was an altered video. Yeah, well, yes, of course, it was altered. But um, the reactions that people had in those video in that video, they were all real reactions to just completely normal things that Trump had said. They weren't reactions to crazy things. They were just, you know, run of the mill things that if Obama had said the same thing, they would not have had that reaction. So despite the fact that it was taken, some of them were taken out of context, the context remained the same because they were all reacting to just normal things and having that adverse reaction because it was coming from Trump.
0: I have to say that it's pretty incredible because, you know, I I was watching it from many points of view. I was literally at the gym running, and I never ran so hard. I was so pumped with – I mean, I think he should just be giving speeches like that all the time because then it gets my pudgy butt on a treadmill running really fast because I was so excited. (laughs) But there were, like, tons of different channels on the wall. You know how the gym has it, right? And I could see different aspects, and yet I was listening to it in my earbuds through uh, the Periscope on Twitter. And, you know, to see, like, for example, Bernie Sanders frowning when he said America will never be a socialist country, I was thinking, why wouldn't they applaud it?
2: Right. Like, you well, know- and, you know, that one wasn't taken out of context. That was, but when he said that socialist thing, that was, that was a, that was in context reaction. Him sitting there just kind of, you know, grinding his teeth and, yeah.
0: And, and being upset. Right. I mean, uh, I, I was, I was shocked, but you put it so nicely and so well. And we saw REM demanding, you know, this, and it was all fair use. And I, I, you know, it still boggles me. Why did they just censor the president?
2: Well, and you know, um, not, I haven't heard anybody really talking about this, but the, the second video that he put up, the one that, uh, had, uh, God, or not God, God bless the USA on it. That one has been censored on mobile. You can't watch it on mobile. You can only watch it on the web.
0: So censorship, 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 right? I mean, this is this is our First Amendment being attacked everywhere. I mean, people are arguing, well, they're private platforms. Well, are they really? I mean— Twitter and Facebook are instrumental. I mean, there's been tons of articles being written uh, that were written back in 2008 on how uh, Barack Obama was elected because he used social media. And this right. is how he beat McCain. So how are they private if they're being funded by institutions like DARPA, right? To, uh, see how they can skew conversations. I mean, there's a, they, I mean, that's, that's on there. People can actually go look it up that they got a big grant, Twitter did from DARPA to see if they can install sock puppets that they used to call bots, right? They used to call them sock puppets to drive the conversation with this Bradley Manning slash Chelsea Manning story.
2: Right. Well, you know, the other thing is, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no lawyer. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of everything, but there, there's a, there's a public square and, and uh, Twitter, Facebook and social media is more and more becoming that public square. You can still go out on a street corner. You can still stand, uh stand up on a, a soapbox, but to make any real changes, In the political realm, you have to be on social media. So the the censorship that is happening there is it's it's a real threat to whether or not uh, we can affect change in this country and we can actually have a voice if we don't have one on social media.
0: That's true. And, you know, memes, um, I mentioned this uh, uh, yesterday on the radio and I've mentioned it before, are a vital component of how we can communicate undetected because, like I um, inch back, you know, I'm a huge TV movie buff, right? I love my TV programs. If my husband's angry at me, he'll threaten me by I'm deleting your DVR <laughs> programs. Yeah. That's 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 like the marriage thing, you know. Married couples know this stuff. Like your Grey's Anatomy is done for. So. Um, you know, I watch a lot and I remember there was an episode a couple years ago through the show called Silicon Valley on HBO, which has a bunch of soy boys that are coders right. and whatnot. And there was one character there um who created an algorithm to detect phallic pictures on something like a periscope or a Twitter. You know, and that was being bought out. See, here's the thing with memes, when there's pictures and words or videos with words, uh, that can't be detected with algorithms to be silenced easily. People will actually have to put eyes on it, and memes are becoming the main mode of communication because then you can't be banned because they can't find you through things like we saw, you know, from Facebook, you know, demonetizing and. Oh, some, no, someone's upset. Yeah, she heard. She heard something. She or he? I'm. Uh, it's a he. It's a he it, so he heard something about it, Zuck.
2: He heard censorship and he got pissed. <laughs> right?
0: Who wouldn't? I mean, you know, my children get so upset with censorship too, and they ask me all the time. My youngest, especially, how is this even allowed? You know, we see things that are insanely disturbing, like you know those apps, TikTok. Where people make yeah. like videos there's there's people that have babies on there babies and toddlers where they're being harassed or forced to dance and they're crying and yet you know they'll censor um you know young conservatives that are on that platform it's pretty insane but anyway going back to memes I want you to tell me like when you came up with like how did you come up with the idea I'm gonna do this bug bu- bugs bunny meme like how did you like were you sitting there it's like you know people ask me when I invented the tech I invented what I did and I told them I I was dirty in my scrubs I stank I had crud all over me and my kids were gone and I was eating Doritos binging in front of my tv wondering you know when is this gonna end like I was sad and this idea came like what was your situation how did you decide? Well,
2: um, you know, oftentimes uh, ideas just come to me. It's, it's just random, you know. I like you said, uh, you watch lots of movies and lots of uh, TV and things like that, and that's really where most of my inspiration has come from. Is a lifetime of watching movies, and uh, you know, I, I have a library of of scenes and clips in my head, and then just you know, something will will strike me, you know, I'll see something on TV, uh, news related and just immediately think of what it reminds me of in a movie somewhere. And then that's, I just go from there, you know, add the, add the content to the, the context. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it's very effective. I mean, all of us know Carpe Dunctum. We follow him on Facebook, on Twitter. We've seen him retweeted everywhere. And I know that you're um, working with culture now, um, you know, doing more, which is great. I love it. I love... (laughs) Uh, that was a love that was a love response right there right yes exactly that was love um so uh, i'm i'm thinking like what's the next step i mean we're doing all these memes what's the next step how do we use those for 2020 how do we use those to drive conversations you know and and how can people participate because there's a lot of people that make memes There's soul memes um uh, right you know i love her memes i really like the dancing memes she does uh, yeah. You know, those are those are excellent. The cheerleader one with Maxine and Hillary just blew my mind. Um, I, I watch that sometimes when I just want to laugh. Uh, so I, I was thinking, like, what is the next thing? I know with culture, you guys are coupled together. What's the next thing here?
2: Well, you know, um, it's it's really just about continuing to do the same thing. We're winning that war, I think. Um, the hold on one second here.
0: Well, we are winning that war, definitely. We all know that. And he's about to take that war where I've been there, um, you know, with my young children while I was going through medical school and, uh, you know, teaching classes online as a TA but we are winning this war, and using memes and using uh, images and videos to push through a message when we're constantly being silenced. I mean, look look at how many people have been banned and eradicated from all social media platforms only because they speak up against the narrative. And do you think that you might be the next target? Um, you know.
2: Oh, I, I, I think I think I'm always a target. I try to keep myself a, a moving target, and I also. Uh, I try to practice, you know, the safest you can on uh, social media as far as not giving them a reason, you know, knowing where that line is and staying, staying on one side of the line. You know, I, I don't try to censor myself, but there's ways of saying what I want to say without opening myself up to just, uh, you know, an easy thing, you know, threatening somebody online. That's, that's an easy way for somebody to just say, you know, we're, we're done with you now. You know, you're done. So, there's there's a there's a lot to be said for uh, when you're on social media, crafting your tweets, your your posts, all that kind of stuff, in a way that it can't be brought back on you, but you still say what you want to say. If that makes any sense.
0: No, that makes a hundred percent sense. You know, because but but let's be honest, people like Laura Loomer didn't say anything that was threatening.
2: They right say, i mean there's you know. there's obvious cases where that doesn't work mm-hmm. uh where they just want to get rid of you uh and they will but generally i mean they have to you have to really be a thorn in their side for them to to just say we're just banning you and we're not telling you why and you, we've seen that happen a few times but uh specifically like just yesterday with uh jacob uh warrell they got uh however you say his name but uh that yeah, got banned man. for the bot thing. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was a—that was a clear violation of the of the rules of Twitter. But it's a, a rule that's never enforced. So there's there's two sides of that coin there. That yes, uh, they use the terms of service to ban him, but they also allow it to happen everywhere, and they don't ban those people. So you you can still fight and fight alongside people that are. You know, quote unquote, legitimately banned from social media uh, because the rules are not applied equally to people all over the web. We have uh, people like, um, oh, what's her name? The, which the, one?
0: Uh, Liz Kraken. Who was banned? Well,
2: the uh, the one that was uh, held up the head. What's her what's her stupid name? Oh,
0: Kathy Griffin. Ka- we- Kathy Griffin. No, Carpe, you know. we need to put her on a billboard together.
2: <laughs> That's we need true. to work on that together um, we should do that because
0: she loves that publicity yeah but she didn't get banned and that was a direct threat right
2: like she's still tweeting today so um if, if you can't get banned for and and never actually apologizing but holding up the severed head of the president um and you can't you're not banned from social media and you never apologize and you blame it on the guy that, <laughs> that you held his head up um I don't know what is a more clear-cut case of you should not be on social media anymore
0: okay so you talk about you know the fact that they said jacob wall had like alternate profiles or whatever right right this is why well let me give you an example that no one talked about and this is great because i know um culture works with jacob right here's an example and you know you guys can he can use that and i'm saying it on air so everyone can like there's something called um medi twitter You know, so us nerds, doctors, uh, medical researchers, we use that. We talk about, usually, med students use that, right? Eugene, you know who he is, right? Right. The guy that sued the president. I'll tell you what, me and him met. The triggered doctor. Right. So, me and him met over 10 years ago in his lab at his hospital, right? Where I was touring um, right before a TED talk that I was giving. And I was asking him, Your research is great, but why do you have to use fetal tissue? Right. Why are you buying dead babies to, you know, progress your thing? So we had, we, you know, he spoke down to me saying, well, you're not a real doctor because you don't practice. And it's like, okay, fair enough clown. But here's what he did. Here's what he did. He used an alternate persona on Twitter, and this is well-documented on Twitter, pretending to be a girl to get his girlfriend jealous. Right. So he, everybody knows that he had, has and had multiple profiles on Twitter. He's verified and yet he still lives on the internet. You know, if you're going to apply the rule, it's got to be fair. And if you're right. applying it to Jacob, why not him? Because he's got tons of them and he was, he was uh, called out all over Medi Twitter. You know, everybody in the medical community knows what a joke he is. That's why whenever he tweets and I find him, I'm like, hey, is this you talking or your alternate girlfriend, your fake (laughs) girlfriend? Because that's what he did. He was using, like, fake profiles on Twitter to boost himself. I am not, I kid you not, he has multiple of them. So why is Twitter just picking on Jacob? And then you know you have the crisis.
2: Well, you also have to uh, take into account that a lot of, a lot of, celebrities whether they're twitter celebrities or whether they're uh you know hollywood celebrities they use services that uh, add followers to them you know they'll pump their follower count up with a bunch of bots you know there's a reason that you can go from having no followers to having a hundred thousand followers in an evening just by paying some money to a service now that, that's a separate issue as far as uh, how they can actually find those things and you know the feasibility of whether they can keep things like that from happening. But that's something that they should be banning as well. But that's not being banned. I mean, if you go look at, at one of those Twitter audits, you can look at a celebrity and like half of their followers are known bots. So, I
0: mean... No, no, no. You make a great point because someone, someone turned around to me. That was a celebrity. I think it was like a couple months ago. Um, when I was, um, when I was, you know, using Twitter more and said, who are you to talk? You only have like, you know, 900 followers. And I'm like, I have 900 followers, but I have engagement. You have half a million and you get one like on your post.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, Uh, that means
0: mine are real followers. Yours are fake.
2: How many times have I have I gone through and uh, looked at a at a profile that has uh, five hundred thousand followers, and every single one of their actual posts has like two or three likes and maybe a couple of retweets? Yeah, you don't like that either, do you?
0: Yeah, my 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 fans are actually writing right now. Let the baby speak. <laughs> <laughs> let let, the, let baby the baby speak. speak. Yeah, because uh, you, you, what you're saying is hundred percent true. Uh, remember Ben Sass. Uh, was it was it sas that did it where he um no it was Swalwell where he had like this live thing and it was just the c n n guy watching him and he has like half a million followers, but nobody was watching
2: him right he has like twenty million. eight people on the on the stream
0: right <laughs> and it's yeah like... he
2: he goes live and and uh and only twenty eight people want to watch and they're probably all news of organizations watching anyway.
0: Right. Um uh so everyone, we're coming uh, closely to a break. Please feel free to DM me all your questions you may have for him on Tori underscore says on Gab or Twitter. Um and uh Carpe it's at Carpe Dunctum, right?
2: Yeah, all one all one word. So it's uh, C A
0: R P E D O N K T U M. Am I correct. right? Correct. Oh, I did that off the top of my head. So that's Charlie, Alpha Romeo Papa Echo, Delta, Oscar, November, Kilo, Tango, Uniform, Mike. And he's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. You need to follow him. You can send questions. And now before we get into this break, I just wanted to ask you, uh, because that is a question that has come up. Uh, Are you planning anything like super awesome with this whole North Korea thing Um, and this art of the deal where our president for the second time walked out because he wasn't happy with what was – trying to be pushed back are you planning anything
2: yeah i i rarely plan um i i usually uh react to what's going on so if i see something funny or some way that i can put a dig in there um, then i will but i i kind of you know i've been watching what's going on uh but i tend to unless it's a viral thing i tend to kind of marinate on it a little bit for like a few days and then uh I'll come up with something, but there will probably be some sort of North Korea video at some point here.
0: Well, that's how artists work, right? We're inspired. We find something funny and do it. I, I saw a retweet that Tim Young did and I was laughing so hard. I had my ab workout for the day and it was just a retweet of Stephen Miller where some guy tweeted uh, aren't we already celebrating the Fourth of July? And he retweeted it and said, "Yeah, but we're just gonna Fourth of July harder." I found that hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like other people were like, "Yeah, it's okay." And it's like, you know, it's pretty. Are you going down to DC for the Fourth of July?
2: Um, I, I don't know yet. That <laughs> it I'm, will it will depend on whether or not I can I can get away. Yeah,
0: I've already I'm been to DC
2: in the last couple months, so.
0: Yeah, well, I'm getting rid of my kids. One's going into army training. The other one, I'm shipping out overseas for the summer. So, I'm going to have
2: mine for a little while. I've still got. <laughs> I'm
0: There's... shipping them out for a bit to give me, to give myself a 17,
2: years and, <laughs> seventeen years and seventeen years and and nine months here on the the latest one. So,
0: <laughs> well, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break.
4: Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a 4-pack Special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call one 800 961 9194 and ask for promo code RED State. That's one 800 961 9194 Promo code state Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For
0: the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit
5: mypillow.com.
0: Welcome back to the Tory Says show. I'm your host Tory. Remember, we're always here live, 12 to 2, Monday through Friday. Then that's 12 to 2 Eastern time. You know, follow me on Gab, Twitter at Tori underscore Says, or you know, find my latest in-depth pieces on uh, TorySays.com. And with us today, we have Carpe Dunctum, the king of memes for me, because every time he puts one out, it's just so spot on, so perfect crafted, that it puts out, you know, messages that are strong and allows you time to reflect and say, you know, this is funny, but... Wow, it's really bad. Um, so we have him with us, and I know that he's partnered with culture. Uh, we featured him on our Red State uh, Talk Radio Billboard in New York Times. Um, a lot of people were triggered by that. And um, I wanted to know about more about culture and um, what you guys are doing. Is this a new platform for um, freedom of voices, you know, on the written side? Like, what are you guys, um, what is culture? Why don't you tell us what culture is?
2: All right. There's going to be a a baby crying in the background, but we're all right.
0: That's okay. We all (laughs) see. This is the thing. Everyone of my listeners have children. Everyone adores life and they're totally against infanticide. So we're all game and we will allow the baby to provide our elevator music as you speak.
2: (laughs) Well... So culture is uh, – it's devoted to showing the story behind the story. So the uh, influencers in uh, popular culture – Wait,
0: one second. Does the baby yeah. want to come to the microphone? We can bring the baby.
2: No, he, he's hes being soothed right now. Not, not very well, but he's all right. <laughs> okay.
0: We'll give him the platform. I'm more than happy to. <laughs>
2: he's he's very tired and he needs to go to sleep. See, so, that's the
0: thing. Um, babies, it, it, just like Jim Acosta, you know, don't know what they want. Do they want this? Do they want that? We have to tell them, you know, what the right direction is. Speaking of babies, right?
2: Right. Well, so, I mean, they have to cry themselves out a little bit, too. It's, it's their exercise. So, you know, Jim Acosta gets his exercise in when he goes and cries at the wall. But, and uh, – <laughs> you know, then then he's good for a couple weeks. I mean, I'm sure he'll find something else to cry about in a week or so.
0: Yeah, we saw him crying in uh, North Korea. Oh, my gosh, they didn't, you know, let us there. Oh, he didn't want White House press so we don't talk about, you know, Cohen. And it's like, why would you go to North Korea where we're talking peace talks and whine about not being able to talk about the pony show that Congress is putting on, right? That's just insane. And then he's like, oh, I didn't get a question, but – russian state media did china state media and sean hannity trying to say that what sean hannity is state media too I mean, <laughs> right. you know what a baby uh, he's the one that took the white house to court because he was told to get out because he can't follow rules um so uh so anyway let's get back to well, culture. To,
2: to, your, to your question culture is is trying to provide a voice to people that have been silenced on social media. But also to provide a counter story to the hit pieces that come out in BuzzFeed and uh, come out in CNN and Daily Beast and any any uh, you know socialist network you want to talk about. Um, but providing the stories that they won't give you, the context behind things, give you the um, the story of just what they do in their daily life. You know, it's a it's sort of a TMZ style uh, look at people on the conservative end. And we also cover, you know, there's, there's people that we cover that um, some people might not think are conservative enough or whatever, but, you know, we're giving them a platform um, to speak and to say what they want to say
0: right and that's and that's and and that's necessary actually right it's actually necessary to be able to tell the stories that the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about and talk about the real news because for some reason we do see a lot of congestion where even people that are conservative right Beat to the drum of the mainstream media. Like, why are you doing that? Can we talk about what's really here? Because right now the narrative is, oh, um, ha-ha, applaud the fact that our country failed uh, to uh, strike peace. Like, why would you say that? And secondly, this is the second time our president walks out. And last time he walked out, we saw the tariffs, you know kind of put things in order. So this second time is going to be a lot more brutal for the Far East. But they're applauding failure. Like, it's it's like, why would you applaud failure and peace? You know, the real news is talking about things that others don't. And like you said, a TMZ spin on it is, is pretty hot, too. I I, I like that. That's, that's
6: well, interesting. You know,
2: surprisingly, I, I saw earlier today, um, I would never agree with Ted Lou or whatever his name is, the congressman. But he also came out and said that, why is this uh, Trump fail hashtag going? I mean, why why are we applauding? Even if you want to say that it's a failure, which I don't think it was really a failure, um, but why would you applaud that? And and in the same tone as that, uh, when... Trump was going over there that we had CNN trying to sabotage the whole thing before it even started. And, you know, they're, they're posting all this this, uh, you know, badly spun things that, that the only thing that I can even think like their their only motivation could be that they're trying to sabotage. US relations with North Korea and why would you do that? That that makes absolutely no sense unless you just absolutely hate America.
0: Oh my gosh, you were in my head because when I saw um You know, Jim Acosta tweet out Kim the dictator. I was like, he needs to be removed from the White House press. You do not call a person that our nation and other nations call Chairman Kim a dictator. I don't care who you think you are. Because unfortunately, our media reflects our positions. This has been the going since, right? Because we all know their propaganda. We all know President. Uh, Barack Hussein Obama, had signed that into legislation with the NDAA 2016, allowing domestic propaganda. It's actually in law. So why would we allow? You know, why are they trying to um, sabotage? Because he's winning all the time. They, you know, even uh, Chuck Schumer had a speech where he was like, he did great with the tariffs, great with this. So then why are you guys gloating on the fact that it was a failure when it wasn't? They always like to spin things, right? It wasn't a failure. It was a win because now the ball is back in President Trump's court. He's like, I gave you the ball. I gave you what I need. And, you know, China doesn't want to play because we all know China and North Korea, you know, work together. And China is pressuring North Korea because it's competition for China if North Korea comes into the global economic Uh, you know, stage. Right. So for me, it just, I was watching Jim Acosta almost like happy that a deal wasn't struck. And it's kind of like, wow, how anti-American, right? Like this is, yeah, they're trying to influence not only them, but singers and actors, like who do they think they are?
2: Well, you know, it's, I I think it's a product of just the the environment that we're in right now that's, and, you know, I don't want to I don't want to go rah, rah, rah too much on conservatives because conservatives do similar things. They, they will applaud, you know, think everyone should have a, a view of the world that good things are good. Bad things are bad. Um, you shouldn't be taking a partisan approach to absolutely everything. You know, when something good happens uh, that the left does, you should say, good job. If something good happens on the right, you you should applaud that as well. Um, But there's there's far too much on the left and far too much on the right of um, looking at every issue and figuring out how you can use it to attack the other side. Instead of figuring out the issues and then figuring out how to fix either the problem or how to create more of the good thing that just happened.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I consider myself a conservative centrist um, uh, because, you know, let's, let's look at Venezuela. People, people on the left are saying, who are we to go in there? Why are we doing this? And it's kind of like, wait, stop. We've been doing this. We did that to the Middle East, didn't we? We went in there. But the thing is, those administrations lied to us, and we all know that they lied, saying there were weapons of mass destruction rather than saying, well, we want to go in there because we want to, you know, increase our presence, you know, and boost the petrodollar. At least this administration was like, hey, you know, Bolton came out. And so Bolton came out and said, it'll be good for all of us if we support a more, you know, people, pro people, pro populist society. It would allow us to benefit as a country, too, because we could get in there. We can work with their oil because, remember, Venezuela has the most oil on the planet, more than Saudi Arabia. Transparency is key, and like you said, we need to applaud the merits. I don't I, – I never, never, ever think that our country playing referee is good, ever. Right. Right. You know, it's none of our business what other people do. But on the other hand, I applaud the fact that we were transparent this time saying, hey, if we go in there and, you know, we help them and they become free, we can actually start good trade deals and it'll benefit us and them. Why not everybody get a piece of the pie rather than just go in there and, you know, plunder it like China and Russia who had already put in military installations there.
2: You know. Right. Well, you know, as, as far as that is concerned, uh, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, persuasive moves like uh, recognizing, um, recognizing and not recognizing uh, world leaders uh, for an effect. It's, it's going to take a lot of convincing to, for me to, to ever endorse sending troops anywhere other than our border at this point.
0: I'm there with you. I agree 100%. And this is why we're only sending aid. We're not sending any troops. We said we wouldn't. And I'm pretty sure we won't because we've already seen that they've been killing people in Venezuela, innocent citizens. um, But we're not sending anything. We're just sending aid to assist them in their own you know, revolution. We have no business in there. And if we did the same thing in the Middle East, we probably wouldn't have the mess that we have now you know uh, it's all about tactic and um uh, you know protecting our country that should be the interest of every single leader on the planet is to have the interest of their country not every other nation and so you know pulling out of the wars and not starting new ones and promoting talks of peace and liberation and bringing everyone onto the global economic stage is is great I think that right. is awesome. Gandhi even said, you'll get a lot more out of saying that you're pro something than you are anti something. And right. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what else culture does. I mean, you guys have, um, just started to, uh, fly through. Now they have you, the meme extraordinaire on board too. Um, and I don't know. What, what can you tell me? What is culture looking to like? um, do, you know, tomorrow or next week, like, where's the vision for this?
2: Well, I mean, th- this week is, is a uh, CPAC and all that stuff. So, um, that's going to be pretty busy. Um, but you know, culture has, uh, has a website, um, culture with, with three Ts.com. Um, they're going to be, or we, we will be doing, um, more of the same, uh, But there's there's podcasts and things like that that have joined. Um, CJ Pearson has a a, has a podcast on there. Uh, There's we're going to continue to go up and up and up and expand. Um, I I think that we have had a very aggressive strategy as far as expansion. We've moved. I think we're only in the ninety day phase right now, and uh, we've already got like six platforms, a website. Um, we're getting recognition all over the place. Uh, we have key, key influencers that are, that are, uh, liking and sharing our content on the, on a daily basis. So, uh, who knows where it will go, but hopefully it will, it will, uh, become very, very popular. And that's where people will go to, to get their content for the day.
0: Yeah. And if it's like TMZ style, which, you know, all of us have that 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 hidden side of us where we troll perez hilton site and tmz for like dirt right if this is something you guys are going for um that's going to tap into a market if it's political you know like you say tmz style um that's completely different taking it with another spin i find that interesting
2: yeah it's it's not all political um you know like i said it's the stories behind the stories it's um it's oftentimes uh, what people are just doing. You know, uh, the only time that that somebody like Jack Posobiec or or uh, Mike Cernovich gets any airtime is when when they've quote unquote done something wrong. You know, so you're, you're not seeing any stories about uh, this is what this is what they're doing today. This is what they did yesterday. You know, this is something cool that they did. This is uh, a an exclusive video of them meeting. Uh, two people meeting together, you know, talking about things, stuff like that.
0: Right. So obviously reporting stuff that are good news too, because we're missing a lot of that, right? No feel good stories, uh, no, you know, progress that isn't controversial. Uh, we're not getting a lot of that. There's no, you know, there's no coverage of that. And that's something that we're missing. We are missing that, uh, you know, these stories that aren't being told. That I find that interesting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited that you guys have, you know, Cernovich I saw on Instagram. You guys are on Instagram too. So I saw him giving you guys a bit of an interview with his awesome hair, like he likes to say.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Um, so that was really great. Um, and I loved what you did with the billboard where you put oh, yeah. the little triggered part. That was incredible. Right, I'm just saying, and we did get a lot of heat again from the Daily Beast. <laughs> you know why are they Ed, so adamant?
2: Uh, they wrote a, an article about us too uh, this week.
0: But it's it's incredible. It's like you know for, you know prov- provocative moves, right? Um, push people to think. Right. You know, you don't change anything by being meek. You change things and you have people listen when you provoke. And unfortunately, that's the way it is because you have to cut through the noise. Because if you're meek, you just get lost in the noise. The more you provoke, kind of like your memes, they provoke right. thought. They're provocative. You're using things that, you know, people have seen, I don't know, like um like Fight Club, right? Right. You know, uh you know, I was I was talking on um WF yl uh which is laura ingram's old station and i was like you know it would be great to see uh you know facebook you know how they're censoring people and they're like don't talk about facebook it should be like don't talk about fight club kind of thing right when they when they said that phrase i was like yep that's what i'm thinking of like you know rule number one don't talk about fight club you know and um these, these are these are things that we need to interject into our news feeds our social media because our ai profiles are now us and right. and you know what you're doing is incredible because you're cutting through that noise using very familiar music or sounds or just video and the way it is being put together to provoke and have someone stop and say well hold on a second what is this really telling me because when you look at a painting, or you get a video clip, you know, like you said, like the, like they always say, a picture is a thousand words, right? It, right. And 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 the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and the interpretation is in the eye of the beholder too. Um, so that is one way of saying that memes are now the way to cut through the noise and provoke thought. And um, the more mainstream we take it, like with billboards where you're not supposed to be on, right? Because why should provocative people be on billboards? They're not allowed. Because right. you know that's that's exactly what you know my radio station is doing. We want to give a voice to the silence. We want to ensure that we provoke, and you know, culture is provoking too. And-
2: well, you know, I want to I want to call out to um, to everybody listening that um, you know I get questions a lot about how do you do what you do? How do you, what do you use? What, how do you create these things? I could never do this. You know, could you do this thing? Um, I didn't go to school for, for, uh, for video editing, didn't go to school for anything like that. Um, this can all be learned and we need every single person that has ideas to learn how to do this stuff, learn, learn how to edit images. It's, it's not hard to do. You go download GIMP. It's a free Photoshop. You can download it in five minutes and then set it up and just, you know, just make, make things, uh, fail a bunch of times. I, I failed for a, a full year before I ever had really good success. So, um, also the, the editing is, Everything is available to you online. You can find tutorials of anything you want to do. Um, there's there's free software out there to edit videos. There's free software to do the same kinds of things that I do. There's paid software that's really not, it's like 20 bucks a month and it's the best software you can get. So all it takes is time and, you know, time is, time is money. But um, if you have good ideas and you want to make a difference, And you want to join the game, you know, the quote unquote game that we're involved in here, you know, the meme game, you can do it. And it might take you six months to a year to get good at it, but make a bunch of really bad memes and then make a really good one. And then you'll, you'll go down that path and you can get good at it really quickly. So, but we need everybody involved in it. That when you, when you asked earlier about the, what do we need to do for 2020, we need to have a hundred more of me or a hundred more of soul or a hundred more of mad liberals or a uh, hundred more of whoever you want to name.
0: That's, that's incredible because guys, what he's saying? It is really easy. I'll, I'll retweet. Um, I'll put out on my tweet some really old gifts that I put together. Um, one was with, you know, that famous gift where it's like that toddler on her back kicking her feet. I had cropped in Jim Acosta's face like over a year right. ago, and then another one I had you know the Truffle Shuffle, and I had put Brian Seltzer's face on it. Yeah, right, so that was pretty but cool. I'll probably they don't even to-
2: have to be good. I mean,
0: like,
2: right. So some of the the ones that that are are everywhere, they're not even that good. I mean, they're they're not that well done. I'll say that they're funny. They're really funny. That's why they get shared everywhere. But uh, make make some bad ones. Make some make some mistakes, you know, do, do something though, if you have ideas, because ideas are the hardest thing to come up with. It's the execution. The execution is just time, time, and maybe a little bit of skill that's learned over time. But most of it is having a solid, funny idea, because that will, that will take it 90% of the way. The other 10% is just execution. And that's just a matter of How long does it take you to to do it and how well you do it? But 90% of it is, is the idea good from the beginning? So I see lots of good ideas, but there's not that many people that want to take the time to do it. But I I think there should be a lot more.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I remember I did those on my phone. Uh, the, you know, um, I did that truffle shuffle one because when Brian Stuttler was talking at that point, he was, like, walking around and it totally – kind of like you said, you have this idea because you watch movies and stuff, right? right? And I was like, that's perfect. That's him. I mean, <laughs> that was hilarious. Or when President Trump was, you know, talking to CNN, I did the Tom and Jerry where he's spanking, you know, the mouse. Right. And the mouse's head was CNN. You know, these are funny little captions, but they tell you a lot because – They tell you exactly what is relevant. So, um, because we only have, how did time go by like this? Okay, so we only have like two and a half minutes. I want you to tell everyone where they can follow you, um, you know, what next steps are, you know, and again, yeah, reinforce. People need to join the conversation and cut through the noise, provoke. Um, use your creativity, use your voice because this is the only way we dictate our vote is our voice, but our voice needs to be heard so that other people can see why your vote is going this way or that way. Um, so dig, take it home Carpe.
2: Well, um, my, my main source of, uh, of where to find me is Twitter. Uh, I'd use Twitter probably the most out of all of my platforms. Um, at Carpe Donctum, um, on Twitter. I have, I have a Facebook page. It's, uh, the real Donctum that's on, uh, on Facebook on every other platform though. It's just at Carpe Donctum, C-A-R-P-E-D-O-N-K-T-U-M. But, uh, I have an Instagram. Um, I have Facebook, Instagram. Let's see. What are the other ones? YouTube is also Carpe Ductum. You can find all my work there. Um, other than that, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I've got a Patreon, but I don't like to, I don't like to put that out unless I do a new video.
0: Okay, that's great. And so, guys, that was Carpe Ductum, the man, the genius behind the amazing memes. And like you said, it's very easy. It takes time. Um, to learn, some people just catch on. Uh, you can follow him again on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else he told you. Follow culture as well to see what their next moves are. And remember uh, you know, when you use your voice, use it in the way that expresses how you feel. It doesn't mean that you have to be a conservative or you have to be a leftist, just be you. And the more you there is out there, the more we're heard as a nation and our wants and needs are executed. Uh, Stay tuned uh, right after this break. We'll be right back and we'll talk about Hanoi, Cohen, and about infanticide again. So stay tuned and have this short break. Thanks for listening. And thank you for coming, Carpe. You have a wonderful evening.
1: Thank you.
4: Hello and
0: welcome. Hello, welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Tory Says show. I'm your host, Tory. Remember, always here, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, on Red State Talk Radio. Now you can follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tory underscore says, uh, or just find me on torysays.com. Uh, I'm always open for emails and DMs. My my DMs are always open. Try to respond to. All of them at once. Um, I usually, on the weekend, because I've been very transparent about it, I always put, set time aside on Saturday mornings with my morning coffee to troll the Library of Congress. And when I'm done with that, I usually respond to a lot of emails and questions. And, um, you know, your comments and emails always provide me ideas about what to talk about. So to, so in this half of the hour, I want to talk about just retouch on infanticide and the insanity of it. Um, quickly just skim over this Cohen pony show, which was, as we all know, um, a pony show. And then we're going to talk about the panic going on a global scale. Trudeau is in hot water, and thanks to Rebel Media for putting it out, We're going to walk right through that because Canada's PM is under a lot of scrutiny. And there you see a more socialist nation because, you know, they claim socialism is good. But wait till you guys hear what we have to talk about on Canada. Always in my second half, I always have my lines open. You can phone in at 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255 well not always because sometimes you know i'm not that technically enough. i can code so but i can't sometimes work with all these windows i'm even though i'm a woman i'm supposed to multitask right because my super nuclei you know behind i've explained that right biologically women are more um equipped to multitask but i guess you know i'm feeling that so let's start by um understanding what happened at, um, in regards to Hanoi. Let's start with Hanoi. I just want to play a clip uh, from the uh, presser that uh, our president put out with Secretary Pompeo after he cut the meeting short. And I'm so glad, like a boss, he walked out. If you're not going to do what I say 100%, We don't have a deal. We saw him do it at the first meeting. We saw him do it at the second one. Everything has been done. But, you know, last minute with that signature pose, because it's always, you know, that ball in their court when you go to sign. It's like, "Wait, can we do this?" And this is where he's like, "No, we already agreed. this is what we're signing, and I'm not signing anything else, and we're not changing anything else. And obviously, China influencing remember, just like the president said, Russia isn't the problem. China is. Because imagine how threatened they are knowing that North Koreans now can penetrate the, the economic stage. They're labor. They have products. They can offer, and that's competition for the Far East, and the Chinese don't like that. And, you know, um, Scott Adams actually made a great comment on his show this morning, which was, you know, President Trump has been talking about this for over 30 years, about how the Chinese eat our lunch. He's been saying it. Been saying it. And he specifically referred to his Oprah Winfrey um, interview. And it's pretty incredible how quick people forget, you know, our president is in his domain. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly how to strike a deal. And the way it works is take it or leave it. You don't want to take it, I'll just walk away and we'll just continue these sanctions and tariffs until you guys understand I am not President Obama. I am not President Bush. I am not President Clinton. I am not President Reagan. I am not President Bush 41. I am President Trump. And when I say I want this, this is the way it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then there's no deal. That's the way a real leader works, and people are losing their minds. And obviously, we have our mainstream media so eloquently put by Carpe Dunctum, our meme extraordinaire, that they want to drive our foreign policy. They want to sabotage our relations. They are working against our interests as a country. They are the enemy of the people. So let me play this clip quickly. Let me see if I can get it up. And let's take a listen.
7: Here we go. Well, thank you very much. I want to begin by thanking the Prime Minister and President of Vietnam. Uh, We're in Hanoi. It's an incredible city. And what's happened over the last 25 years has been incredible for the people of Vietnam, the job they've done, economic development, really something special. So I want to thank all of the people of Vietnam for having treated us so well. Uh, We have, I think, reasonably attractive news from Pakistan and India. They've been going at it, and we've been involved in trying to have them stop. And we have some reasonably decent news. I think, hopefully, that's going to be coming to an end. It's been going on for a long time. Decades and decades. There's a lot of dislike, unfortunately. So we've been in the middle trying to help them both out, see if we can get some organization and some peace. And I think uh, probably that's going to be happening. Uh, we have — Venezuela, as you know, has been very much in the news, and we're sending supplies. Supplies are getting through a little bit more. It's not easy. It's hard to believe somebody would say, let's not do it. What? Difference would that make, except it's great for his people to let it get through. But we're sending a lot of supplies down to Venezuela. people are starving to death. And you would really think that the man in charge currently would let those supplies get through. Uh, we are getting them into some of the cities and some of the areas that need them the most. And it's not an easy job. It's very difficult, actually. On North Korea, we just left Chairman Kim. We had a really, uh, I think, a very productive time. We thought, and I thought, and Secretary Pompeo felt that it wasn't a good thing to be signing anything. I'm going to let Mike speak about it. But we literally just left. We spent pretty much all day with uh, Kim Jong-un, who is — he's quite a guy and quite a character, and uh, I think our relationship is very strong. But at this time, we had some options. And at this time, we decided not to do any of the options. And we'll see where that goes. But it was uh, it was a very interesting two days. And I think, actually, it was a very productive two days. But sometimes you have to walk. And uh, this was just one of those times. And I'll let Mike uh, speak to that for a couple of minutes, please.
8: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, we had been working, our teams, uh, the team that um I brought to bear, as well as the North Koreans, for weeks uh, to try and develop a path forward so at the summit we could make a a big step, a a big step along the way towards what uh, the two leaders had agreed to back in Singapore in June of last year. Uh, We made real progress, and indeed we made even more progress when the two leaders met over the last uh, 24, 36 hours. Unfortunately, we didn't get all the way. We didn't get to something that, that ultimately made sense for the United States of America. I think Chairman Kim uh, was hopeful that we would. We asked him to do more. He he, he was unprepared to do that, um, but I'm still optimistic. I, I, I'm hopeful that the teams will get back together in the, the days and weeks ahead and continue to work out. It's a very complex problem. Uh, we've said since the beginning uh, that this would take time. Our teams have gotten to know each other better. We know what the limits are. We know where some of the challenges are, uh, and I think as we continue to work on this in the days and weeks ahead, we can make progress so that Um, we can ultimately achieve what it is uh, that the world wants, which is to denuclearize North Korea, to reduce risk uh, for the American people and the people all around the world. Um, I wish we could have gotten a little bit further, um, but I'm I'm very um, optimistic that the progress that we made, both in the run-up to this summit, as well as the progress that the two leaders made over these past two days, put us in position to get a a really good outcome. Uh, And um, President and Chairman Kim both uh, felt good that they had made that progress uh, but couldn't quite get along the lo- along the line any further to make a deal that would have been bigger at this point. I hope we'll do so uh, in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Mr. President.
1: You.
0: Okay, so that was awesome. That's basically what he said. I, it wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't hundred percent. We're walking away. That's what adults do. That's what real leaders do. And that's what you do when you conduct a sale of any kind, right? Say you're selling your car and you want five grand for it, even though you know it's worth more. This is exactly what President Trump is offering North Korea. I'm offering you a rebranding of your nation and bringing you on to the global economic, you know, stage. Why are you not seeing the value in this, the future of it, rather than being, you know, out, all alone, secluded, with everyone looking at North Korea and their nose shriveling up? Why? Because China doesn't want it. We all know why. And for any conservatives out there that are like, oh, you know, uh, because I've heard this. Oh, why would North Korea denuclearize? You know, what would, uh, you know, give any assurances? And this is exactly what the Chinese are saying. What assurances does Kim have that, you know, our country won't, you know, promote for a regime change? First of all, right, that can't happen. Unfortunately, the dynasties of the regimes in North Korea are well embedded in their culture, so that can't happen. Kim can actually go down in history as the liberator, the new breath of fresh air for North Korea for this structured change. So why would you ever take him down? That makes no sense. It gives him all the kudos so that when he exits at the end of his life, he'll be known as the guy that changed the face of North Korea and brought them into the 21st century, joining ranks with big powers, big economic powers. So anyone pushing that story, I'm sorry, you're doing it wrong. Now, in regards to, um, you know, our president going out there and advocating for peace, we had a lot of, uh, you know, showcasings going on and posturing by the left, you know, obviously by bringing in who? Who? Cohen to speak. And so, you know, I literally listened to the first few minutes and then I couldn't when he was like, he's a racist. It upset me. I was like, I can't even listen to this clown anymore. It's done. Uh, So I was extremely done listening. I was like, you know what? I'll just see some clips on Twitter or uh, Facebook and go from there. I'm going to play one of my favorite clips. Uh, from yesterday from our rep Jim Jordan who was the boss and called him out but I'm also going to play a clip that you know a lot of people haven't heard so let me play this clip once I get it loaded where he literally uh spoke to Cohen this is a 20 second clip just take a listen to this hold on let's get this started
5: I spoke to Mr. Schiff about
0: on, topics. Let's go. let's go back. I
3: got eight seconds. I got eight seconds. Um, what did you talk to Mr. Schiff about?
5: I spoke to Mr. Schiff about topics that were going to be raised at the upcoming hearing. Whoa! Not just what time to show up. Time. Actually, yeah. what you're going to talk about. The gentleman time
1: to so
0: this goes back to. What I said when they announced that he's going to be coming in and talking, he knows he's going to jail. We all know he's going to jail and he's going to jail for stuff he did that had nothing to do with Russia collusion. Remember, his other clients are also going to go to jail and those are the Podesta brothers. And you know, a lot of people are talking about um, Felix Sater guys. The dude was a mafia guy. I don't even want to give him credit you know he dabbled in real estate. He's a mobster, and of course he penetrated the Trump organization. Every single real estate mongol in New York City had some cross, some paths cross with our president because our president was the real estate tycoon. He sold. He was in a room, and I played that clip a couple weeks ago, right? He was in a room selling a specific property. And that's why everyone turned up. And instead, he sold them the whole West Bank. And you see the properties that are there now. Our president is a genius. And, you know, he knows how to make the million dollar loan he got from his dad into multi billions. So, considering the testimony yesterday, we all know is just was done for just one thing. He wants to make sure he has, you know, the penthouse suite in prison. He wants to make sure he's safe, but there's one thing prisoners don't like, and that's pedophiles and rats. And, um, Scott Adams said, I, I, was it, I don't remember who uh, wrote the article, but said that someone from the Gambino family said he's going to be taken out he's gonna get whacked in prison because nobody likes a rat and the thing is what did he rat on pretty much nothing there was nothing to say but you know we all heard Cohen posturing and calling our president racist and dr. Darrell Scott who uh, runs uh, the uh, National Diversity Council for our president um, tweeted something and it got some pretty good presents only a thousand of them but let me play it for you because people are so quick to forget Here is Cohen saying that the president is not a racist. And he put that clip up. Here you go. He said it in a church, by the way. Has
5: become racist. Hold on. And a racist is defined as a person who...
0: Start that over.
5: The word of the 2016 election somehow has become racist. And a racist is defined as a person who believes that all members of each race possess characteristics and abilities specific to that race especially so as to distinguish it as inferior to another race. I've lost count as to how many times the disgusting, liberal, mainstream media have attempted to label Mr. Donald Trump a racist, a xenophobe, and a bigot. And let's not forget sexist, misogynist, narcissist, Islamophobe, anti-Hispanic, anti-Semite, demagogue, and countless others. It's disgraceful.
0: So, you heard it straight from the mouth of Cohen. That was September 21st, 2016, in a church saying that. But you know, after they find you for crimes that you did, and they were fiscal crimes from over a decade ago, and when you have people like the Podestas as your client. You know, they seem to be able to wrap you up in a tight bow, pigs in a blanket, right? They just stuff your, the little apple in your mouth and your goose is cooked. And so he suddenly changed his tune. He's suddenly racist. Speaking of Racism. Um, let's talk about Ilhan Omar. First of all, all you guys, uh, Laura Loomer just landed in DC. She's going to be at CPAC. She's going to have some great announcement today. I'm really excited to hear what goes on there, but we have to understand that, um, you know, she was just in Rolling Stone, uh, claiming that, um, You know, impeachment is inevitable. It's also in and her tweet is, I believe that impeachment is inevitable. It also is a terrifying notion. Nations struggle any time they overthrow a dictator. And Trump really has the make the markings of a dictator. And um, she also said, there is no doubt that under the Maduro government, Venezuelans have faced severe hardships, but the interventionist stance and threats of a military action by the Trump administration threaten only to fuel more violence, chaos, and instability. In essence, this woman is saying that our president, our president, the president of the United States, is a dictator, but Maduro, who's actually a bonafide dictator. He's actually a dictator. He's setting aid, food and water on fire. He is killing his own people, shooting them in the streets, women, children. He is a dictator, is actually the victim in this. This is who we have in the house, guys. Uh, Someone that is unapologetic for anti-Semitic comments, someone who is pro-Sharia and someone who is calling our president, the president of our nation, a dictator while sympathizing and saying that Maduro is the victim. And she also said, um, also, I married my own brother to eventually have the right to express this opinion Um, (laughs) in an undertone. But we'll get to that because that married my brother story, married someone, didn't marry someone, then I married someone, went to college, didn't... You guys aren't following it through. This woman said that with her husband, she split in 2011, right? And that he left the country and went back to the United Kingdom. Well, that's funny. How does the university say that he stayed in the country until 2012 studying at the university? She is lying. She's constantly lying, obfuscating her past. She was teaching at the University of Minnesota as a nutritionist educator. How did she do that if she didn't have a degree? Because she was teaching before she went to college. She lied on air saying that her professor taught the terrorism class, is on CNN, doesn't want to mention his name. The guy has never been on CNN, ever, and he sent me an email confirming that. All lies and lies because... Unfortunately, guys, terrorists don't just wear suicide vests, right, with all the bombs. They don't all hijack planes. They come in and they infiltrate your government. And I've said before, all these countries in Europe that have kneeled down to socialism, it has happened by sending these Threats. For them, it was a Goldman Sachs employee forcing them to forfeit their rights uh, to, uh, you know, a sovereign economy and uh, to dictate their trade. It's the same thing. It's infiltration, period. And now we're having a wave of all these jihadi brides that want to suddenly come back at a very coordinated effort, when they are offered sanction and sanctuary in Idlib, Syria, by Turkey. So why are you coming back? You're not welcome here. And secondly, you're not an American citizen, so you're not coming. But if you really want to come, maybe we can set up a place in Gitmo. These are things that are happening in 2019. We have people advocating for terrorists to come back into our country. And actually, a member of our Congress raising funds at a event to help this Isis bride Herodion come in. This these are scary scary times. We have the mainstream media Trying to drive our foreign policies and our relations across the globe. That would include all these insane, uh, you know, actors and singers. But when you see it from another perspective, like I said, you need to watch the movie Wag the Dog. If you do anything this weekend, rent it. Watch it. It'll open your eyes to see 1984 wasn't the only one that explained it to you. This one shows you the mechanisms behind it and how easy it is to do. So we've got mainstream media slash entertainment industry all working in concert to sabotage any progress that we have to becoming independent. Because we've been dependent, interdependent with all these nations for a very long time. We have people in our house elected into Congress that want to eradicate us. They want to annihilate us. They want to blow us up. And some people will say that's extreme. Well, wait and see. All I can say is stay tuned. We have FBI and intelligence communities that are working against our interests, that have been working against our interests, that our president is trying to purge. I can't wait for this Mueller investigation report to come through because when the OIG comes, it's going to be boom. We have General Flynn sentencing coming up. Please donate to the Michael Flynn uh, Defense Foundation, please. If you have foundation fund, if you have anything, every dollar helps, our general needs it. And then on the other hand, how scary these times are, we have infanticide. If you guys remember, I wrote an article. Go find it on TorreySays.com. Just go into the search bar and put Gazanel if it doesn't come up. 2013, the media had us glued to our television sets. They were talking about this monster in Philadelphia who was an abortionist. By the way, he's the, he's also the guy that, that delivered Will Smith, the actor before he became this monster where people and nurses and staff testified that botched abortions or abortions that resulted into live babies, they could hear them cry and he would stab them with scissors and watched them twitch, sever their spinal cords right then and there because they came out alive. This guy was sentenced and painted as a monster, and of course, President at that time, Barack Hussein Obama, made no comment on it. Of course he wouldn't. This man is now serving a sentence for killing infants that were born alive. And yet we have a party right now advocating for this to be legal. If anything, all of you should be out there tweeting. Gosnell is the poster child for the DNC because exactly what they're advocating for. The killing of innocent lives is what he did and went to prison. So what are they going to do? Make sure that you can kill a baby, then why did he go to jail? It is illegal. This is disgusting. It's 2019. And uh, like I said earlier today, you know, we have a man that's going to jail for dragging a shark out of the water, you know, that was stuck there and letting it die. He's going to jail for a shark. And we can't save babies, guys. This is incredible. Think about it. If you, uh, uh, you know, kill a puppy, that gets born you will go to jail but not a human being but you know what i'm okay with that because i want the president to write an executive order because with that executive order they will fight it and it will go to court and then it'll get appealed and it'll go to the supreme court and guess what infanticide goes hand in hand with roe versus wade and that is their nightmare
1: Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the last half hour of the Tory Says show. I'm your host, Tory. Uh, remember always, Twitter gab, Tory underscore says, and always here on Red State Talk Radio, Monday through Friday. Now, I told you about this penetration, this insane environment our country is in, right? And before I move on to Canada, because we really need to talk about Canada, this is going to blow your minds. We should talk about the fact that Twitter is sending messages to many people. And yesterday, you know, obviously it made the news again that Michelle Malikin was sent a message from Twitter that she's her um, tweets are violating Pakistani law. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like super insane as to how American citizens uh, are supposed to know that they're um, violating Pakistani law. But I'm going to tell you something that no one's reporting. Here's the, di- here's the deal. If Pakistan has filed a complaint with Twitter against you for something you tweeted, you better know you can never travel to Pakistan. You're on a blacklist. Now, this comes to me from my source, who I've been working with for over three years, to get a copy of the passport that Barack Obama used to enter Pakistan, putting it right out there. I have been on this. I'm still trying to get a copy of it because he lived in Pakistan, and he used a passport that did not say Barack Hussein Obama. And all of you can sit there and say whatever you want. I'm telling you that's real. And so my source told me every single person that the Pakistani government files something on it, like Michelle Malekin can never go to Pakistan. You're barred. You're not allowed to enter, just so you know. You are put it on a wanted list, and you will be tried if they catch you. And you know what? I wouldn't suggest uh, traveling to places like Goa either or you know, other places of India because they'll kidnap you and put you across the border. That stuff is real. It's happened, and those of you that have served know exactly what I'm talking about. So here's where we're going to get into the deep of stuff. You know, a lot of people like to talk about our president and what he's not doing, but you all have to understand that the 2016 elections were incredible because he gave a breath of freedom, encouragement, and uplifted the world with his candidacy and with his win. He won a rigged election. He is constantly being attacked and people all over the world are revolting. People are understanding that all their air quote democratic republics democratic countries democracy first countries even Greece which is what the birthplace of democracy are really socialist soft socialist nations they're pushing into this socialism they're under a totalitarian regime right now this is a global epidemic other than those that are under communist you know bonafide communism you know with dictators like Maduro etc but here's the thing Um, Trudeau is in a lot of trouble Trudeau was caught gagging people. Now, who's Trudeau? For those of you that don't, you know, um, you know, follow global politics, because, you know, if you want to see how your country's doing, you compare it to the global scale. And if you guys, I know it sounds really lame that I keep saying it, when you look at your politics, your country's politics, what is more prominent? Like, you know how you can, like... Um, Pull up a map with Twitter, Twitter, hashtag hot maps, you know, where they put like, you know, here's where everyone's trending, this and that. We'll step back and pretend you're on the moon and look at what we're talking about and then compare it to the rest of the world. Now, Ezra Levant put out a great thread. I tweeted it out this morning. I'll tweet it again. He said, from my American and British friends, Canada's Justin Trudeau is done. He might try to fight on. I personally think he's too damaged. He's irreparably damaged. Here's what happened in a few short tweets. Trudeau was detonated today by his former Attorney General, Jody Wilson-Raybould, Canada's first Aboriginal AG. She testified in Parliament in meticulous detail how Trudeau and his staff tried to get her to drop criminal charges against a corrupt company that he liked. (laughs) Totally, 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 totally aligns with exactly the collusion, the corruption, the fourth unelected government here. How many companies do they cover up for, or shall I say people? Let me keep going. She refused to bend the law for Trudeau's crimes. But they didn't stop. Trudeau, his chief of staff, his principal secretary, even the finance minister, they met her 10 times, phoned her 10 more, trying to get the charges dropped. She wouldn't. So Trudeau fired his AG. The story leaked out earlier this month, but it was all anonymous sources. So the story about her getting fired for not wanting to prosecute a company for crimes that was aligned with the Canadian prime minister and their interests, ding, 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 Clinton Foundation, ding, 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 Podesta Group, ding, 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 Hollywood. So it leaked with anonymous sources. The former AG herself didn't say a word. She was bound by attorney-client privilege, because she was the AG, and cabinet confidences. So because she was the AG, the top lawyer for her country, they exercised attorney-client privilege. Wait a minute. Let's take a hiatus here. Didn't we have Kelly Armstrong, who is... A great guy, and I consider him a friend who was just elected into Congress in my state of North Dakota, who questioned Cohen yesterday about attorney client privilege. See, everyone laughed about it, but that is a real thing. This is where you see Kelly Armstrong's words in action. She was the AG, she was the lawyer to the prime minister, lawyer to parliament, lawyer to everything in the government, and she was bound by attorney-client privilege, even though her ultimate job is to what? Protect Canadian citizens. To do what? Prosecute against those that commit crimes against the Canadian citizens, but attorney- client privilege is trumped. So props up to Kelly Armstrong and this is where you can see it. So that being said, right? She was effectively gagged, he says. So Trudeau was the only one talking. Huh. Kind of sounds like mainstream media is the only one that can be heard and this is why Red State Talk Radio and myself have, you know, taken on the task of cutting through the noise and we would urge everyone to do the same. Cut through the noise because the mainstream media is just the deep state talking. That's it. So he goes on to say Trudeau took advantage of her enforced silence. Remember attorney client privilege to claim she supported him and everything was fine. So he said she supports him and everything's fine because she wasn't allowed to talk because of attorney client privilege. After all, when he fired her as attorney general, he appointed her to the minor post of veterans minister. So she was the minister of veterans affairs, right? When she heard him say that she supported him and his comment, you know, about how she's fine with it. And when she heard him make that boast, she quit as veterans minister. She quit her job and he was shocked. And he goes on. Then, suddenly, Gerald butts Trudeau's right-hand man. And Ezra nicely put an old picture where you can totally see that, you know, that theory going around that Trudeau may be the love child of Castro. Totally, I can see it. And he's wearing really ugly sandals, too. So, anyway. So, his best friend in college resigned, claiming he had done nothing wrong. Right? So, his best friend who was his right-hand man, resigned, even though he said he did nothing wrong, which was curious, right? So it looked like a compromise. So Butts left and Wilson-Raybould met with the cabinet and the caucus again. So she met with the cabinet, she met with the caucus. And so what happened was Wilson-Raybould still didn't say anything publicly. She didn't. Attorney-client privilege, remember, something that Cohen threw out the window and during his testimony said, well, you know, I gave everything to Mueller. And it's like, look at this. An attorney general of a country whose uh, primary job is to do what? Protect the citizens of Canada was bound by attorney-client privilege. But, you know, in America… The fourth branch of the unelected government, you know, that tells us what to do, throws that out the window and people laugh about it. Good job, Kelly Armstrong. I can't keep saying that enough. So um, under pressure, right? So here's what happened. She didn't say anything publicly, but she hired a retired Supreme Court Justice as her lawyer. You know, smart people get former attorney general, attorney general candidates and Supreme Court justices to be their lawyer. That's what smart people do. And so um, he advised her on what she could say. Under pressure, the liberally dominated parliament committee invited her to testify. And Trudeau grudgingly waived some privilege. He's like, nope, nope, nope. Privilege this, privilege that. You're not talking about it. So she testified today, which was yesterday, last night, in very great detail. Exactly who pressured her, exactly how and when she dropped names, including Prime Minister Trudeau himself. And, you know, she made a statement, and I'll open that up and read it. Let's pull that open because it's in the nationalpost.com backslash news backslash Canada. I'll tweet it out after the show so you guys can read it. It's pretty incredible. So her statement is is, is just insane. So she goes on to say the full text of her opening say thank you Mr. Chair and members of the Justice Committee for providing me the opportunity to give extended testimony to you today. I would like to acknowledge that we are on an ancestral lands of the Algonquin people. For a period of approximately 4 months between September and December of 2018, I experienced a consistent and sustained effort, right, by many people within the government to seek Politically, uh, to, to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion as my role as Attorney General of Canada in an, appropriate, in an inappropriate effort to secure a de- deferred prosecution agreement with NSNC-Lavalin. These events involved 11 people, excluding myself and my political staff, from the Prime Minister's office the Privy Council Office, and the Office of the Minister of Finance. This included in-person conversation, telephone calls, emails, and text messages. There were approximately 10 phone calls and 10 meetings specifically about SNC-Lavalin, that's L-A-V-A-L-I-N, that I and or my staff was a part of. Within these conversations, there were expressed statements regarding the necessity for interference in the SNC-Lavalin matter, the potential for consequences, and veiled threats if a DPA was not made available to SNC were done. These conversations culminated on December 19, 2018, with a phone conversation I had with the clerk of the Privy Council, a conversation for which I'll provide in significant Detail. Guys, you need to read all of this. Now, after this, right, it's against the law, just so, and Ezra made that point on his ninth tweet of this thread. It's against the law to pressure the attorney general to obstruct criminal prosecution. You know, we see that. Do we not see that, guys? Did we not see that with the FBI? Didn't the attorney general of our country, Loretta Lynch, obstruct a criminal investigation with her tarmac meeting. Can you guys stand on the moon and see how everything happens globally, not just here? Can we see this now? Are we seeing this? So he quoted Canada's criminal code and said that there's a 10-year prison term for that. And the last detail he added is, Jody Wilson, Rabaul's father, was an aboriginal activist who butted heads with Trudeau's father. Here they are bantering, Bill Wilson tells Pierre Trudeau that his daughter, Jody, wants to be PM one day. Maybe she will be. So there's like a a video clip of that. Guys, do you understand what's going on here? Justin Trudeau had an interest in this company. You know, what do you know? Maybe this company is kind of like a Clinton Foundation, right? Maybe it's kind of like a Uranium One deal having done. Who knows, right? Maybe it's like a Haiti, you know, organization. Look at what he did. He invoked attorney-client privilege, something that Cohen never invoked and is obliged to invoke, always invoke, and gagged her. He even had the audacity, even though he was one of the people threatening her and he's the one that fired her because she refused to breach her oath and her duty to, you know, execute and to do her job. He told her, don't do your job. You leave this company alone. And she said, no, I took an oath. My job as attorney general is important and I stand by it and this is not happening. He's like, they're my friends. He pressured her. And not only did he fire and gag her, right? But then he was going out in the public knowing she couldn't say a word saying she's fine with it. She's totally game with it. She's all right. She agrees with me. She, she supports me and stuck her in the veterans. When she saw that, she was like, you know what? I don't need this job. I quit. This is all coming down. This is how a socialist nation works. They gag you, they maim you, you know, they drag you through the dirt, they call you names, they block you, they silence you, right? This is how they work. Canada is crumbling, and you know, maybe we should start advocating for a northern border um, unless this kind of gets fixed. But we have to understand that what our president did was give a breath of fresh air to these people to give them the power around the world, not just Canadians, not just the French, not just the Germans, the British, but to give them a voice, to give them the the empowerment that they should speak up. And this is how democracy... He made it clear when he spoke at the UN that every single leader out there should have one interest in mind, and that is the interest of their own people. Not what your neighbor's doing, not what your friend is doing, not what a nation, you know, 7,000 miles away is doing. What is in your country's best interest? It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter that we have clowns like Acosta gloating that peace was not achieved. What person in their right mind could do that? That is... Beside me. And anyone that applauds, ha ha, it didn't happen, is dumb, especially if you're an American. Because our country stands for peace and freedom and liberty and free speech and the right to bear arms, of course. Now, I want you guys to listen to something. Um, we all know James O'Keefe, we all know Project Veritas, they're amazing. Really hoping that soon I can have them look at something that I'm looking at too. Um, but we want to talk about Facebook. We want to talk about how Facebook said it fired a leaker for participating in a conservative bias stunt. So they're calling this a stunt, guys. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. No, it's fact. Take a listen.
6: So after we. So after we released our video on Facebook yesterday showing the insider leaking the documents, talking about deboosting, talking about the troll report, we did in fact get a response from Facebook almost immediately. Now what's interesting about this response, first of all, it was reported on the verge with the headline, of course, Facebook says it fired leaker for participating in stunt. But this is like what investigative journals do, interview whistleblowers with secret documents. They call that a stunt. This is the least stunty thing Project Veritas has ever done. Facebook's response is interesting because they do in fact corroborate this action de-boost thing that we reported. They say that they do indeed do this de-boost action. But what they say is that they do this to people who try to quote, game the system. Facebook's response saying, some pages try to game the system by uploading pre-recorded videos to the live API. We check with Steven Crowder about this Stephen said this was ridiculous. He didn't try to game the system. So they didn't deny what we reported. They just said that they used this deboost for other reasons. But why, we ask, are they not telling people they are doing it? So I sent a note to Colin and Russell with the friends inside Facebook, of course, their buddy-buddy with someone, some corporate spokesperson at Facebook, asking them, are, are they saying Stephen Crowder did that? They replied saying they don't know. And I said, please ask your buddy, who always, of course, is honest in their on-the-record corporate responses about whether the deboost boost showed up on Crowder's content review. Note, sometimes whistleblowers and leakers are a little more honest than spokespeople, but of course, that's lost upon them. So we have two sources inside Facebook that say that this deboost boost distribution is a way of reducing the distribution of live stream videos to sources, and we also have Danny Ben-David describing it as a method to reduce distribution. But Facebook is now saying this is a, quote, moderation tag used against those who game the system. That is not what the evidence of the insider shows. So if Facebook has proof they don't target the conservatives, they need to let us see it. Be transparent. Again, it's one thing if the company... Polices responsibly, if you get taken down, you can protest and get put back up. But it's different when you don't know that they are deboosting you.
0: So deboosting, right? What was that? So basically, just to kind of dumb it down as simple as possible, uh, on the back end of your page, your personal profile, your, you know public profile, you know, like I have a Tory says page on Facebook, right on the back end, there's a flag, which means don't let it show up in everybody's feed. Um, don't allow with guys. I've tried to boost articles or my radio show when I upload it and it's always declined. <laughs> like they will not allow me to boost anything. So I've tried to like promote it to get more people to listen to common sense or just, I shouldn't say common sense cause that's wrong objective truths and then people make their own decisions right so what he exposed what this leaker exposed is that they don't tell you they do this and remember mike cernovich was out up in arms a few months ago saying i've spent tons of money on facebook and i'm seeing zero return and the return that he was seeing was faked so to mike cernovich you know i'll probably like dm him or something and or send him an email this this just came to me He complained about the fact that he's not getting a return on revenue because they were falsifying, you know, their numbers. They had defrauded people, and that came out, remember? Well, this is why he was defrauded, because they flagged him and knew that they were giving him false information, and they were hindering him anyway. So he was spending money and not seeing a return on his investment. Guys, this is fraud, so... Oh my gosh. I just, and I'm not even a lawyer. Remember, I did attend school. I had, you know, completed most of my LLB, which is like an undergraduate British version of, you know, a degree in law. I'm not an expert. That was like over, holy, wow, showing my age. That's like 1999,
5: right?
0: Oh my. I have good genes though. Um, so he was defrauded. Incredible, right? They're defrauding us left and right. They're silencing us left and right. On that note, I just wanted to say, go to www.freeloomer.com. Just sign the petition. All you have to do is put your name and email address and click send. We need a 100,000 signatures. Um, Can't tell you. No, I can't. We need this for what she's putting together. So if any of you haven't spread it www.freeloomer.com. Put your name and your email address. Sign it. Um, You'll be helping a voice be heard that has been silenced everywhere. Um, You don't have to necessarily agree with her. You may not like her. You may not, you know, want her to have a voice. But if you're a really, you know, if you're an American, you believe in free speech, you believe that you shouldn't be discriminated against, sign it. Now, I only have a minute left. Oh my gosh, where did time go? Okay, so tomorrow I'm having Sarah Reynolds on. So her um, Twitter handle is at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H underscore Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. She does a Periscope every evening where she promised she would do until President Trump is reelected. Uh, she actually used to live in Minnesota. She's down in D.C. now. Uh, she's so cute, wears really nice outfits, super jealous of her outfits, but she also has a great voice. I can't wait to have her on with you guys. Um, I can't wait to do radio with her, really. Uh, so I'm. it's going to be just two chicks tomorrow kicking it and talking about the recap of the week, what's going on. And you know what? It's Friday and our president is back in town, right? So he's coming. So obviously we're going to have something happen. It is March 1st. And you know, Chuck Schumer said, March comes in like a lion and goes out with like a lamb. Well, Chuck, I think it's the, the DNC that's the lamb. And you know, for us Greeks, Easter's coming around the corner. And what is it that we eat? We eat lamb. So um, be be prepared because March is going to be insane. Uh, Pray for our president's safe return. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for our country, if anything, that this evil, nefarious, underlying tone that we have to the point that we're okay with killing infants, innocent lives, is squashed. On that note, from everyone here at Red State Talk Radio, we wish you a great evening. Stay happy and healthy. I'll see you all again tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern Time. God bless.